0: Welcome to another edition of Get to Know a Blue Gator. Joining us today is Mother Emily Hilden, Reverend of the Church of the Ascension and Ascension Episcopal School's Interim Upper School Chaplain. The Reverend Emily Hilden was raised in Minnesota and Ohio but moved south for college and hasn't left. She graduated from Duke University for both her bachelor's and master's degrees and fell in love with the Western North Carolina mountains while studying there. She served churches in St. Louis, Missouri, Cooperstown, New York, Columbia, South Carolina, and Dallas, Texas, before moving with her family to Lafayette in 2021. While in Dallas, she led a church replant in the South part of the city, comprised of black, white, and Latino neighbors. Mother Emily is a certified yoga instructor, a spiritual director, runs a podcast, and enjoys raising her three little boys with Father Jordan. So I'm so happy to be able to talk with you today.
1: Thank you, and I appreciate you uh, having us during nap time, as you can hear.
0: (laughs) Sweet boy. He's sitting on her chest right now, just snoring away. Yeah, she's He's baby.
1: very comfortable.
0: <laughs> well, I know you're a busy woman on a mission, quite literally. But before we get into unpacking all these parts of you, we have to set the record straight. When I spoke with your husband in a previous episode that I'm going to link in the description, he told us how you two met, but hinted that you may have a slightly different version of that story. And ever since interviewing with him, I've been dying to know the other side. So let's set the record straight. How did, you all, how did it all begin with you and Father Jordan?
1: Yeah, so I had to go back and listen to his episode in preparation for this so that <laughs> I knew that I was... Um, telling a story, but telling it slant as Emily Dickinson says. Um, so we met the first week of my, um, master's program and he was in his third year. He was, um, on the altar party. He was like one of the acolytes for the service. Okay. Okay. And, um, I realized that our, our meet-cute was very indicative and uh, defining of our relationship, even 15 years later. He um, <clears throat> doesn't have as much of an eye for detail as I do. <laughs> I tend to really um, be detail-oriented, and I take a lot of delight in liturgy um, and in getting it right. In liturgy, which can be a little Pharisaical at times, I admit. But I remember, so he made a few liturgical mistakes as an acolyte, which he admitted to. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. But as I'm like, I'm in the audience or the congregation, and I'm sitting there watching this guy who keeps screwing up. And I'm like, for heaven's sake, the job is not that hard. Now, I had never done that job before. Right. I had only been confirmed in the Episcopal Church six months before. Um, but being a very zealous convert um, and loving the details, I knew exactly how everything was supposed to be done. Right. Um, the zeal of the converted. And so um, Father Jordan, you know, as as will not surprise many who are listening, you know, was really caught up in the spirit of the service rather than like watching the way the, clo- the clocks were running and watching the way that the, the trains ought to be, you know, happening. Yes. Um, and so he missed a few of the cues that he was supposed to have. And I was sitting there in the congregation like, what on earth is going on? Why can't he just do the job he's supposed to do? But then the story, you know, the way we end the story is that by the end of the dinner after the Eucharist, I was excited to get to know him more. Um, and I think his his intellect and his dry humor overcame his uh, liturgical faux pas. <laughs>
0: Well, that's kind of what he said. Yeah, was, yeah. I mean, it usually takes some kind of mm-hmm. spark of attention to get you to like <laughs> notice yes, someone. Right? Absolutely. My yeah. my husband uh, shaved his head. We met in college, and we showed up. He showed up in history class with a shaved head, and I oh never really noticed him before. <laughs> but his his uh, teacher, our teacher, made a note about it and said, "Like, hey, what what happened to your hair?" He's like, "I lost a bet." Which was not true. But so I was like, the same thing. Like, yeah. it sparked my my interest at first, and then, oh, he was funny. And then yeah. we, you know, got to know each other better, and, you know, the rest is history. So yeah. I love it. That yes. His, his mistakes could mm-hmm. be just a spark for y'all's relationship. Yes. Well, that's not too far off than what no, he said. No, I don't think so it precious. is. I, you'll have
1: to ask him what he meant. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well, I think that's precious. Yeah. Well, thank you for
0: telling your side of the story <laughs> and setting the record straight. Um, So even though y'all may disagree on the origins of um, really how y'all met, but one thing I know that you both agree on is ministering and loving and serving others. Being raised Catholic myself, it was a bit foreign to me to see females leading the church when I joined the Episcopal community. Um, You and Father Jordan both serve as priests at the Episcopal Church of the Ascension. So how did you come into priesthood and kind of what led you down that path?
1: Yeah. So I was baptized Roman Catholic at three months old or whatever. Okay. And then mostly raised in the Christian Missionary Alliance, which is a Presbyterian baptist kind of denomination. Okay. Very evangelical. Okay. Um, so we did, you know, lots of Bible verses and sword drills and... All of those beautiful things. And I went yes. to a Christian junior high in high school. Um, so Christian education is a really dear piece in my heart. Yeah. So the tradition I was raised in, the Christian Missionary Alliance um, at the time didn't ordain women. So women in spiritual leadership was not something I grew up with either. Right. Okay. It wasn't part of my imagination growing up. What I wanted to do from a very young age was be a college professor Okay. religion professor to teach scripture. And that was a place where I, I felt like resonated with my gifts and um, what gives me life and right. joy, right. which is teaching scripture and helping people listen to and grow with God. As I came toward the end of my time in undergrad, I was in this um, graduate seminar and And my um, kind of focus in undergrad was women in early Christianity. That was, you know, this is a question I've wrestled with my entire life. And I'm looking around this seminar table of, you know, like 10 or 12 of us. All of us, you know, like have our, you know, focus as women in early Christianity. They were mostly in grad school. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, so what's my job security like? Right. (laughs) Right. And that led me to really, really closely re-examine what it was about being a religion professor that brought me joy and what it was about my perception of that vocation that Mm -hmm. like really drew me. Mm -hmm. And so what I discovered through that, that was my senior year. And I was also doing, um, I was involved in a sorority in undergrad and I did what was called our System. I know they all have different names, but I was basically like a, a shepherd for the okay. potential new members, the young gals who were going through rush or recruitment, whatever okay. the okay. terminology okay. is these days. <laughs> And so I would dissociate from my sorority and was kind of like a neutral party to help guide them into wherever it was that they felt like they were called to be Um, and to kind of provide a cushion for them to land as they're like trying to make this big decision and maybe facing disappointments. And that brought me alive in a way that I hadn't experienced before, that kind of shepherding and mentorship. And so that combined with me wondering about job security as a professor, (laughs) led me to wonder if I wanted to be a college chaplain. And that was kind of, I interpret it now as God's way of kind of getting his hook in me. Because at that time, as a 22-year-old, being a parish priest was like, way too big, like visiting an 80 year old lady in the hospital. I couldn't do that. Um, you know, like celebrating on a Sunday morning and then teaching Sunday school and then, you know, organizing the repair of the furnace. No way. But then when I then started divinity school, thinking I wanted to be a college chaplain, I did a field education, you know, internship Mm -hmm. at a church. And I just, I just fell in love with parish ministry. The um, variety of it, just totally, I just loved it and thrive on it. So that was how I kind of... My path to the priesthood. And, and of course, at that time, I was also kind of looking for a denomination and a tradition to call home yeah. um, since neither the Roman Catholic Church nor the kind of evangelical tradition in which I was raised supported women in spiritual ministry leadership. Mm-hmm. And so the Episcopal Church, I, I would say, is the beautiful marriage of both the um, Roman Catholic history and yeah. liturgy and sense of um, mysticism and awe um, and then also the um, Episcopal Church is the studying scripture and taking seriously you know a personal relationship with Jesus in a way mm-hmm. that that really resonated with me
0: yeah yeah wow okay <laughs> that's that's awesome because I just assumed that it was kind of part of your upbringing and you know, but that's, that's amazing.
1: No, yeah, it wasn't, um, it was very much not part of my imagination or, you know, yeah. like formation growing up. Right, mm-hmm. right. Well, yeah.
0: you do a phenomenal job, and I know everybody oh, loves listening to you. And I heard a little bird tell me that you created a chapel talk for the littlest and the biggest it was and had so them fun. both engaged. So how did you do that?
1: Uh, well, I, I had a I kindergartner. It, so, yes. you know, like yeah. that's a very um, immediate language um, for yeah. me, the kindergarten language. And then they were visiting the upper school earlier this week. As part of hundreds week um, yes. today or tomorrow, I guess tomorrow is the one hundredth day of school yeah. um, for River Ranch. So they had gone down for a field trip to Sugar Mill Pond and were staying for chapel after doing activities with the math classes. Yeah. So Miss Davenport had said, you know, like they're going to be there. You don't have to do it to like cater to them at all. But just so you know, they'll be around. Um, and I thought, well. Why not? How might we play with that? Yeah. And so I chose the um, scripture verse from the Psalms that say better is one day In your courts, God, better Mm. is one day with you than a thousand in my own room, or a thousand dwelling in the tents of the wicked. Basically, you know, better than than a thousand days without you. Um, And so that morning, I asked my son over the breakfast table, Charles, do you know greater than and less than? Um, And he was like, Oh yeah, we know that. Um, So I was like, Okay, and I kind of put that together in my head with the thousand and the greater than or less than and made it a kind of math lesson.
0: Oh, I love um, it.
1: And talked about how, you know, in general math, one is less than one thousand. And then I was kind of mm. elbowing at Mr. DeCody saying, Well hey, what what does this mean that the Bible says that one is greater, greater. than a thousand? And he <laughs> yelled out, Check your units um, <laughs> and the next slide that I had for the um, chapel was Across with the one greater yeah. than a thousand. And so it just, I mean, really, scripture and the message of the gospel is for all ages. And so I really believe that we can speak in terms that are simply understood by kindergartners mm-hmm. and are maybe understood on different philosophical or metaphysical or, um, math yeah. levels by, you know, other ages. And that's one of the beautiful depths of who God is and who we are in relationship with God. Yeah. That's awesome. It was so fun.
0: That's precious that you even pulled in the math because they were there because right. they were doing Exactly. Their math. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, brilliant. With all of that too, there comes a side of you that you are a yoga instructor Mm -hmm. and um, the spirituality and you do prayer practices. There's Mm -hmm. a women's gathering that you started. So can you kind of tell me a little bit more of that? Because I know that plays a big part in your ministry.
1: Yeah, well, it's really one of the ways that I have found myself grow with God and want to make available to others in case that speaks to them too. It's not going to speak to everybody. It's not going to be everybody's jam. But the way I was just stunned at this one yoga class that I took, I had been taking yoga probably for five years. And then I went to this class when I lived in South Carolina and somehow, whatever it was that the teacher said during the class it um, dawned on me that we could think of and contemplate our breath, our breathing in and breathing out, as the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. That constantly the Holy Spirit is active in our bodies. Um, yes. just like we pray and hope that the Holy Spirit is active in a more figurative way in our lives. Yes. Um, and so starting again, speaking to that depth that God puts all around us, kind of as like a you know a treasure hunt to discover and be revealed, thinking about our bodies as I was just talking with the kids in the lower school chapel this morning as a temple, and the way that we can't, God, having created our bodies, can communicate with us through our bodies. Whether that's kind of a, a deep knowing that we might feel in our soul, or whether that is something so kind of simple, uh, commonsensical as uh, when we might feel our stomach upset if we're afraid about something, or we might feel a tightness in our throat when we know something is wrong. And I think God has put those kind of warning signs or guard posts in our, our bodies to mm-hmm. help us discern and know what is right and wrong. Um, yeah. And so I've found that yoga helps me to pay attention to and notice those signs right. in a way that I just had never learned them before. Yeah, there are lots of other ways to learn and notice those signs in our bodies, mm-hmm. but yoga has done it for me. Yeah, so here s- I am. You down. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. It mm-hmm. slows you down
0: and really kind of makes you connect with your body. Yeah. On a level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And so you started the women's gatherings, which is the
1: first Sunday, first Sunday of the November month, month. Mm-hmm. and
0: right here in Coughlin Hall in the yes. downtown campus, mm-hmm. and
1: y'all do a little yoga and. Well, I've been doing, I've been trying all kinds of different things. Oh, okay. Yeah. So each month we kind of have a theme word. And the first month we did some chair yoga. The second month I actually brought everybody into the church toward the end of the time. And we all prayed together. The theme was peace. Um, And as I was kind of like ending that session, I was like, wow, I could... I could really spend a whole year on peace, really, <laughs> or who knows, like a whole yeah. life, right? Yeah. So, I'm bringing some of our some of my meditation practices and mm-hmm. some of the yoga, some of the prayer practices, different just trying to introduce different tools for encountering God. And the the point of the gatherings is to for women to be able to encounter one another. And form a community yeah. um, to support one another in whatever piece of life we happen to be in. In the messiness of mm-hmm. life sometimes. Mm-hmm. We just
0: need yeah. to take that time and slow down and yeah. connect. Mm-hmm. And not through social media. Necessarily. Yes, right but in person. you do have a podcast. I didn't know that.
1: Yes, yeah. Oh. So last Lent, and then it bled into Easter, and then it bled through Easter <laughs> into the summer because there were so many chapters. I read a chapter every day of Julian of Norwich's Revelations of Divine Love. So she's a mystic and doctor of the church from the 1300s and 1400s. Oh, wow. Who lived through the Black Death, which was a great pandemic. She lived through the um, Peasants' Revolt, which was great economic upheaval and political upheaval. Um, And she she lived through the beginnings, kind of the... Um, beginning rumblings of the Reformation, a great time of religious change. Do any of these things sound familiar? Very, very. (laughs) So I was really uh, taken with her. Um, She doesn't write about any of these kind of outward environmental influences in her, in her writings, but just knowing that that's where she's placed and what's going on in the background really ministered to me. Um, And so she has a series of visions and revelations from God when she's on what she thinks is her deathbed, but she ends up living another 30 or 40 years. Oh gosh.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: And so I wanted to just like spend time with her. Um, So I read one chapter in my podcast every single day, seven days a week. And there are 111 chapters (laughs) And then I would offer either a little commentary or just a question to ponder. They're like five-minute episodes. And I really, really enjoyed doing that. It's called um, Emily Rose Meditations. And I'm gearing up to do another season, this Lent, on what's called The Cloud of Unknowing, which is another mystical text from the Middle Ages written in English, just like very similar to um, Julian of Norwich's writings, which give advice about how to grow with god so that seems like something else i would like to spend some time with yeah and of course
0: if you want to spend time with it then other people can benefit from it
1: i and so. i've been told for years that i have a great soothing voice You so do. it's a place
0: to use that
1: <laughs> <They> do. <laughs> oh, I to you do i have to admit
0: too oh, can i link it in the description Absolutely. okay yeah. so if you can just share it with me or i'll i'll search for it sure okay yeah. cool So this brings us to your most recent kind of venture as chaplain of the Sugarmoe Pond campus. And I know we talked a little bit about your chapel talk just now, but has this, had this ever been part of your repertoire leading high school students?
1: So as I said, I went to a Christian junior high and high school and it, it's, heritage was the Christian Missionary Alliance, the denomination that I was mostly raised in. Yeah. And so women in spiritual leadership was huge no-no, not, right. not part of the imagination or um, allowed. However, kind of similar to um, the upper school, it wasn't a prefect system, but each class had a president, vice president, kind of a classic student government model. Right. And in addition to those positions, each class also had a class chaplain. So half of my high school career, I was appointed by the students and faculty. I mean, you had to run for it, but it was students and faculty then voted on it. I was appointed class chaplain, which is a strange thing because women are not supposed to be in spiritual leadership. Right, but they Um, obviously saw something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I look back at that now as kind of a, a really beautiful affirmation and the brokenness. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, I did okay. it when I was a, a, a high school student. Well, there you go. Um, but not since then, and hadn't really been part of my part of my imagination. Yeah. It is so much fun. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm doing chapels here at the downtown campus today while Father Jordan is out there. Okay. Um, and when I don't get to go to sugar mill pond. I kind of feel (laughs) sad. I miss, you know, like I, it's been a whole like four weeks, but I think of them as my kids and I miss them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sweet. And you never know who you as a female in that role to might inspire some Mm -hmm. other ladies in the
1: also, I know I'm freaking some people out. It's, it's a little... It's That's a okay. stretch. You it's gotta, a stretch.
0: Yeah, yeah. to shake it up a little mm-hmm. bit for them to get out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So.
1: I also want to be really respectful, though, because it can be... Stretches can also, like, break. So I want to... Um, Yeah, respect and love the um, places that everybody's coming from and acknowledge that it's weird and not what everybody is here for. Right. Yeah, but it's also an opportunity for us all to, there's a book that I'm starting to read called Humbler Walk, Bigger God. Mm -hmm. And so I've been thinking about that as I've been ministering in a community that has so many Roman Catholics. Right. Um, And that that's a tradition I've grown so much from too. And so keeping keeping my walk humble and always remembering that God is bigger. I mm. love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Everybody's on their little journey. Yeah. You just never know when it'll click. Yeah. So, awesome. All right, and you have such a unique authenticity. I think that's what people are drawn to you because you're just, you're authentic and you, you are who you are and you love who you are and you just find your joy. You're always seeking your joy and so then... The joy just exudes. I don't know. I don't Thank know how you. to explain it. I really it. appreciate that. I have
1: to re- you know, that's a word that um, two or three people have used in the last two or three weeks, and I really have not spent a lot of time with that. So that is something I need to reflect on a bit. Joy? Yeah.
0: Maybe that's your next Women's Gathering Maybe it topic. is.
1: Yeah. Um, y'all go and follow her
0: podcast. Come to the Women's Gatherings Come to the Episcopal Church of Ascension at, on Johnson Street, 1030 Johnson Street, and hear Emily and her husband, Jordan, speak and just absorb some of their joy and their words. It's really great. Listen to her, her life giving messages and just be filled with God's love, peace, and word. Um, I'm going to link all of the episodes in the description and the books that you've mentioned, too, because I'm sure their interest was piqued. Um, so thank you, Emily, for sure, taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. I really appreciate it. Yes. We're so happy to have you and Jordan here. And I really, like I told him, too, there's a, there's, a, there's a difference with now the relationship with more of the church and the school. And I really feel it. And I think everybody else does, too. And so we really appreciate that that um, connection with you guys
1: with the church and so it's really great so thank you thank <laughs> you so much for having me we are so grateful to be here and it's such a joy for <laughs> us to be um, investing in these communities that our family is benefiting from
0: um, have a great good day and everybody listening you guys have a great day too